0: What's back, crack a lackin', episode one sixty-nine of the Midwest Angler Podcast. Scott Sturman, Matt Deitch, what's going on? Blown away. Blown away. Not
1: just try. because it's you know, another episode, but because it just never seems to wanna calm down out. Today
0: there. wasn't too bad. Today wasn't too bad. Right, yeah. Yep. So we are we're recording this on Monday. I know last week uh, I had kind of said that I thought I was gonna bring the computer down to turkey camp and and uh this week's episode might be a whole lot of turkey hunting uh a i forgot uh i forgot my computer b we just flat out wouldn't have had a ton of time to be no, sitting around
1: you, you know whenever you go on a trip like that you're like oh we're gonna do this and you do that but then you think about it after a long day of hunting you get in there by the time you get yourself all settled down get something to eat you know after you make it and stuff it, it you're getting up at 4 30 in the morning yep. so it's just yep. like you know what it's just about time to you know hit
0: the hay so yep yeah we got back in time to to eat supper and kind of everyone take a shower and get a game plan for the next day and we were off to bed yeah <laughs> right yep so uh we will tell you guys more about the turkey hunt uh, that will be uh later on in the episode but uh before that uh we're going to talk some missouri missouri river walleye fishing with our buddy brennan lockwood uh I know we've talked about Brennan Lockwood before. Uh you know, between uh, uh between a bunch of us <laughs> HOH guys, you know, we we always call him ZFG. That is zero F's given. Um I, you know, I, I the this morning when I was setting up this interview with uh with Brennan, he said, Well, I'm gonna have to spend the rest of the day practicing how to talk without swearing. And, uh, <laughs> I mean, I'll 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 just tell you right now, I told him, you know, like, hey dude, we want you to be yourself uh this is this is one of the the all-time greats uh super spectacular person uh what you see is what you get with brennan though and and you know the, he's not going to pretend to be something else uh, when you get him in his element there's there's gonna be some words uh that you can't say in church And <laughs> there's, you know but it's, it's gonna it's fun it's gonna be
1: fun to hear what he has to say and yep how he says it
0: yep that's right you know brennan uh for me brennan uh, I, I don't know. I, I've always, uh, uh, you know, I don't know. Brendan is, is a super cool dude to me because my first year in hooked on hard water, uh, oiler had asked me to, to be a pro. Uh, I don't know, a couple weeks beforehand, he must've had somebody drop out. He asked me to be a pro and you know, I, I knew I had to jump at the opportunity, but, uh, it was one of those deals where I was a little bit unsure of myself. I was a little bit unsure of my gear and, uh, I hopped in my pickup that I was crossing my fingers could make it out to the black Hills <laughs> <laughs> there and back, uh, you know, hooked up a trailer behind it through my brother's four wheeler in there. My ice shack that, you know, it was, you know, the, the cheapest two man possible, a clam Nanook non-thermal, you know, I've got 30 jigs and uh and you know, two rods and I'm heading out to heading out to hooked on hard water. And, and, uh, you know, I'm going out there, not, not sure. And, uh, they had given us a, a a map of the of the place that we stay, and uh, I was in the cabin with Brennan Lockwood and, and a couple other guys, and I didn't know any of them. And I pulled in there, and I I walk in with my duffel bag, and you know it's like holy moly, you know am I gonna walk in there and you know these dudes aren't gonna talk to me, you know, and and not that you know i i just didn't know what to expect you know i didn't right, know yeah. that it was as social of an event as what it is you know not that they would have been assholes and not talk to me but you know is everyone going to be in their room doing their own thing and i just got to kind of sneak around and try to find a room that isn't you know being used or how is this exactly going to work and i'll never forget it i walked in there and you know the the lights are on i don't see anybody and around the corner comes brennan lockwood in a pair of sweatpants and no shirt and brennan's tatted up i mean you know yep. he uh he got full sleeves and whatever and i hell he might even have like a mullet mohawk going on I at i think the time. he was
1: rocking it he might have been
0: and uh he comes around a corner holding a frozen pizza and he was like what's up? I'm Brennan. You want some pizza? And from that moment on, I knew like the, the, me and this dude are friends. Like, Kind of had the, a stepbrother's moment. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. This dude's got uh, pizza and, and he's bro. offering it to me like whatever. And, and I mean, he took me under his wing that whole entire, uh, you know, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday that I was out there. It, it was me and Brennan, you know, I, I rode with him to all the events and uh, uh, we went fishing together every single day. And you know it it was it was me and him and he kind of showed me the ropes showed me you know introduced me to a bunch of people brought me you know to the to the social gatherings and whatnot and I'll, I'll forever be indebted to him for that because uh you know not not that these other dudes wouldn't have uh you know been friendly also but you know you you hang out with the people that you already know you hang out with the people that are in your cabin and and yeah i i'm thankful that i got paired up in a cabin with Brennan because I, god well i mean you, you're gonna find out here shortly i mean <laughs> yeah, dude a, is a freaking lot of fun
1: yeah i'm like i said i'm looking forward to it and then yeah he is every since the first time i met brennan it's fun i'm glad we always get to be in the same cabin with him because yep. he keeps it he keeps it alive yeah
0: yeah you the, there's going to be no shortage of stories and and you know pranks and whatever yep. he just yeah that's brennan so all right uh with that uh we're gonna we're gonna give him a call and we'll get him on Hey Brendan, how's it going?
2: Hey guys, how's it going? Good. Going good. good. Going good Doing over good, here. Good. How's the weather? Uh,
0: how's the weather out in Chamberlain? You guys uh, still windy or not too bad?
2: No, somebody finally shut the fan switch off. Thank you, whoever did that. It's, it's actually nice here. Sunny out. Winds oh. maybe blowing ten mile an hour.
1: Oh wow, well, that's about Beats perfect. The thirty
2: to fifty that we've had, you know. Yeah. Right.
1: Yeah. And you guys, <laughs> you guys got hit with rain pretty good too, didn't you?
2: Oh yeah, yeah. We had, I know we we got over two inches. Oh, really? I mean, from nothing to over two inches. We got puddles everywhere. It's kind of good to see. Yeah. yeah. hmm
0: Well, Brendan, uh, you know, obviously you're you're from Chamberlain, South Dakota, there on the banks of the Missouri River, Lake Francis Case. um yep. But how, how did you end up in Chamberlain? Because because I you know when I've talked to you before, I I know. Uh, I think you lived in Sioux Falls for a while, maybe even down in Nebraska for a little while. How would you end up over there in Chamberlain?
2: Yep. So, yeah, I uh, grew up in Sioux Falls, South Dakota, graduated out of Roosevelt there. Um, I met my wife, and uh, she was working as a nurse at the Heart Hospital there and wanted to move on with her career. So she applied for anesthesia school and did that. Did all that thing. And then um, her first job out of school was in Western Nebraska, Alliance, Nebraska. Actually, I call it the armpit of Nebraska. <laughs> um, it was just, I mean, talk about culture shock, man. That was that was something different, right? I was a city kid my whole life. And then you move to a town of 2,000 people, and it's like, whoa, right? Well, what do you guys do here? <laughs> <laughs> right? So it's that was that. And then, um, yeah, I mean, long story short, the honest truth she didn't really like it there i didn't really like it there and she got an opportunity to come here and uh, we jumped at it and sure glad we did you know, i get to look at the missouri river every day yeah, i can't argue yeah. with that no it's kind of nice
0: now did you do any fishing when you were down there in
2: nebraska yeah yeah i fished um a reservoir called box butte reservoir quite a bit um it's actually known for northern fishing I, uh holds big northerns a lot of guys travel there to get some northerns but i wasn't going for the pickles i was going for the walleyes nice walleyes in there went down fish mcconaughey and so yeah i'm just kind of a walleye snob you guys know that
0: <laughs> were, were you guiding out there or was that just all fun no, fishing? that was
2: just that's when i used to be able to have fun and do it all right nah, <laughs> that's, uh,
1: it's still walleye fishing though so yeah, it's it can't be too much fun, fun. <laughs>
0: So did you
2: grow up fishing, Brendan? I did. I mean, wouldn't say, like, grew up fishing, but, you know, I, obviously from my dad, right, my dad fished all the time. You know, he'd always go to Erie and Thompson and Vermilion, and, you know, we'd take family trips. My mom used to be the president of a quilt guild when I was younger, and we'd always go out to pier. She'd always do her banquet thing, and me and my dad would either go fishing from the bank or get in the boat and go fishing, and, you know, it was... That's cool, you know, watching the Jimmy Dean outdoors and the Outlanders, and as a kid, that's just cool to do and see, and then, you know, finally when you can go out and do it, and you catch one nice fish, or even a fish at, you know, such a young age, you just kind of get hooked if you get the opportunity to do it all the time.
1: Yeah, yep. definitely.
2: You know, and now it's hard for me, even as an adult, I'm like, I'm driving by the river, I'm like, man, that, <laughs> that Eddie looks pretty good, I wonder if I got 10 minutes I can just go in there and cast. <laughs>
1: It is crazy how that goes. Like every time you, uh, we were turkey hunting this weekend, and we were hunting on some public land that had a pond in it. We're both like, "How we should have brought the fishing rod along and see if there's any fish in this thing."
0: Yeah. <laughs> Right you away, just
2: threw a bobber out there just to wait and see. Right,
0: <laughs> right away, we're sitting there staring, and I'm like, "You think it's got bass in it?" And he's like, ah, "I don't know. You know, it doesn't look very deep. Well, you know, it doesn't get as cold down here. Yeah, <laughs> you we're coming like, up we're, with
1: reasons why there should be fish in there. Right, we're
0: not even worried about the damn turkey hunting. <laughs> we're, we're trying to figure out if there's fish in there. Yeah,
2: that's how it goes. You bet. Yeah.
0: <laughs> now, now, Brendan, you know, obviously, uh, uh, me and Matt got to meet you through an ice fishing event. Um, but, uh, but you don't, you don't do a ton of ice guiding, correct? Not correct. Not a whole lot.
2: Um, <clears throat> I actually guide pheasant hunting full time in the winter months. Okay. So, you know, from September 1st till March 31st, my life is pheasants. Um, I used to do some guiding ice fishing up North, you know, in the Webster, Wild Bay area up there. I have a couple of good buddies who still do it, and I still go up there and help them, you know when I can. but uh, no, the pheasants they really consume my winter time, you know?
1: Well, pretty much, I mean, not just winter, like you said, you can get a pretty start early in the year and it oh yeah you know, it's a and yeah.
2: the early half starts the are nice, you know we get to do some blasting casts, you know, so you'll go out and shoot your birds, and hopefully shoot them by noon or so or whatever lunchtime, and then we come back and then we hop in the boat and we go try and catch some fish and and I bring you back to the lodge by dinner time and fry your fish up for appetizers.
0: You now the, can't beat that.
1: Right. Yeah. No. Now, now, as far as the pheasant guiding goes, there's, a, there's a whole lot more that goes into it that like behind the scenes stuff that I don't think people realize. I mean, oh yeah. I mean, so if you want
2: to, <laughs> I mean, we could get, te- we could get technical, you know, there's a lot of behind the scenes stuff, but long days. I mean, I'm, I'm married to that place in the wintertime and I got to thank my wife. You know, she's, she's super understanding. I mean, it's, I'm up at, I'm up and out of the house at 6.30 AM and I'm usually getting home about 8.30, 9.00 PM. Right. So it's hard for me. It's hard for the kids. You know, I'm waking up and leaving before they're even up for school. and Then I'm coming home when they're getting ready to lay down for bed. So it's.
0: I've heard. I'm, I've heard. Wintertime is your wife's favorite time of year. So I, you, you just, can, you just can't she take like the hint. Winter. You, you, you can't take it the hint. On man. the month, I guess. <laughs> it's really quiet. <laughs> a whole a whole lot less funny Snapchats to get sent. Uh.
2: Yeah, I guarantee that. Yep. <laughs>
0: now, now, It's what, a
2: good change, though. You know. Yep. It's a good change.
0: What do you enjoy doing more? You enjoy the, the pheasant hunting more, or you enjoy the fishing more? You can be honest, even though this yeah, is a fishing honestly, show. Yeah, uh,
2: Man, it's it's a toss-up. I I just can't. Ah, I don't know. I mean, you know, I want to say the pheasant hunting when it's rainy and windy, and I still have to go fishing, and then I want to say the boat when it's windy and a blizzard. You know, so it's the guide. You know, the the guide life, as I like to call it. It's it's not for everybody, man. Everybody wants to be a guide, so there's guide shit to do. Well,
1: right, exactly right. I believe you that don't,
2: you don't get to just say it's too windy today. I'm going to cancel your vacation trip. Did it? <laughs> You know, it doesn't work like that. So there's not really... I don't really favor one or the other, to be honest. I, I like them both. It's yeah. probably
1: a good balance. It's like one of those things like they're... You know, as the pheasant season is winding down, you're missing... the You're looking forward to the, yep. the walleye fishing. And as the walleye That's fishing
2: exactly is winding the, down,
1: you're looking to forward you, to the you pheasant. You get sick
2: of the small talk or whatever have you out the one thing. And then yep. you're ready to go for the other. And by the end of the summer, I'm like, get me out of this boat, right? Yep. And then you go back and you start chasing birds around
0: now wh- where do you where do you do your pheasant guiding brendan
2: i guide for Thunderstick. they're out of chamberlain here about oh just a few miles south of the interstate okay so i'll do some some fishing for those guys too you know they do fishing trips out of there and i'm not sure if they do weddings and stuff anymore but i mean it's just it's on such a beautiful location i mean it's up on a bluff overlooking the missouri river and it's just if you ever out there, I mean, you can just stop stop out there and check it out. It's something you should really see for sure.
0: Now, you you, you don't have to drop any names, but I mean, you've you've guided pheasants like with some pretty high high uh high class
2: clientele. Oh, sure. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. You know, I've guided um a lot of the guys from the Childress Racing Team. You know, Richard Childress, Austin Dillon. You know, those kind of guys, and uh, just stand up. Everyday people, you know, they're just coming out to have fun and they, you know, gave me some VIP tickets to a couple of NASCAR races and, you know, I guided the, the Michael Jordan of the CrossFit world, I guess he's called, uh, hey,
1: Rich, uh Froning.
2: Rich Froning is his yep. name. So, I mean, that's cool, you know, camera crew, film action and the whole nine. So Heck yeah, yeah you that's def- awesome. You definitely see all kinds of people, you know, that's the beauty of, of guiding is, you know, whether fishing or hunting, you know, you get the, as you can say, you get the super rich, wealthy people, and then you get just your everyday average Joes. And, you know, it kind of makes you realize what's going on in your life too, right? I used to want the the money and the fame and all that. And, you know, and then you take those guys fishing for, say, I'll tell you a quick story. I took some guys fishing, and the one guy's super wealthy, man. And, you know, I took him for a few years, and I just said, hey, look, man, you, <laughs> you got it made. Because he told me I have I had the life, and I was like, now, he's like, Brandon, look here, I have the money, I can do whatever the hell I want, cool. But I got twice as many bills. I have people calling me. I got all this. I got all that. You just get to go out, relax, and live every guy's dream, basically. And so I started thinking about that, and that's true. You know, I don't take it for granted at all. Nope. Yep. I'm super
0: fortunate. Yeah. Yeah, well, and, and you know, there's there's very few places in the world that you get to do something like that. I mean, you, uh, where where you're at in South Dakota, I mean, you you've got one of the the greatest world class walleye fisheries, uh, you know, out your front door, and you got the mm-hmm. best the best pheasant hunting out your back door. You can't beat that.
2: You got that right. Yep.
0: Now let's talk a little bit about that Missouri River. You know, you said uh, uh, you said you grew up in in Sioux Falls, then you were down in Nebraska, and and you end up in Chamberlain. Uh, was was the river something that you had some experience on before you moved there, or when you moved to, to Chamberlain was like, all right, I got to figure this sucker
2: out? Yeah, that's exactly it. I didn't uh, have any river experience. Okay. You no, know, I was uh, fairly new to the whole going out and fishing in my own boat doing my own thing you know I've, you know I got my first boat when we were in Nebraska so that was a new thing to me right and then I come to the river and now I have to deal with you know moving current all the time and a lot more people and you know finding you know all these trees in the river and so I mean there was so much stuff to learn and it was just it got to the point where it was like you're either gonna shit or get off the pot I mean you got to do it If you want to do it, and you gotta go out there and do it, and I just kind of got over that fear, for say, and went out there and did it. Learned how to put my boat in by myself when other people are all around, and you know, just ran into a couple of the right people. That's kind of how I got into guiding out here. It was, you know, I was working at the bait shop at Cedar Shore Resort there on the dock, and my boss knew a guy and was looking for somebody, and he's like, sure. I mean, I'm desperate, you know. I need some help. And so uh yeah, I just went out there and fished just like I'd go out fishing with my dad or with my friends and here, here I am 6 7
0: years later. When well, that's all you really got to do. I mean, you know, you you'd you'd fish the same way whether you were fishing with me or Matt or whether you're oh, fishing yeah. with a client or whether you're fishing with your boss, you know, out there 100%. on the river, you know. Uh, you know, I, I've, I've personally fished the river with you, you know, you, me and Craig Oiler, and we had an absolute riot that day. And I I can only think, you know, if, if somebody comes and and they get a guided trip with you and and that's what you do, uh, I, I don't know. I I just, it's it's
2: about camaraderie for me, you know, the fish is a bonus, you know, I'm, i'll sit there and talk to a tree you know me i like to talk (laughs) (laughs) you know there's not going to be short of storytelling or laughs or anything you know like that that's what it's all about to me so and my favorite is when i see you know mom and dad come with the kids or you get the different generations you know it's whether it's in the boat or in the field it's not something unfortunately i think is going to be around too long if people don't start you know, getting their kids outside and introducing them to outdoor things, and absolutely. So it's good to see. I always like to see that.
1: You know? Now, now, do you think that like some of your younger clients, the kids that you've guided out there, lost more jigs than Scott did, or do you think Scott lost Man. more jigs that day? <laughs>
0: you, you know, shots fired
2: on on he, episode one sixty nine. He has earned the nickname "Snag 'em All" in my book for a reason. Uh, I think. That was probably eight or nine jigs that day, Scott. That was an excessive amount. That was, that I was appreci- a $6 bag of plastic, I'm pretty I, sure. I too.
0: appreciate you only saying eight or nine because if I had to guess, I was thinking close, I, I think I was closing in on 15. <laughs>
2: but, uh, no, usually when I'm guiding, I mean, it just depends. You know, I usually drag bait, right? So I'll drag a bottom bouncer and drown a minnow or a worm. It's just, it works best, right? So I'll back troll. Get my boat, you know, a lot easier to control going backwards, and with the drift sock out, and gets all the lines away from the motor, and we just roll out, you know. And sometimes you'll get guys that'll, you know, we'll go out and we'll smack our walleyes right away, and they're like, hey, can we go chase some bass down? Sure, right. Sometimes they'll want to pitch. Sometimes we just keep the bait down, and we just slide in on the flat a little bit shallower, get right next to the weeds, you know. But I, I I like pitching. Uh, Pitching jigs is. It's my thing. Oh yeah. Well oh, I like it. So yes, I have had clients lose a lot of jigs, but <laughs> that's right up there.
1: But it's I mean it's you know, you talk about getting the families out there. It's gotta be a blast to have those families out there and especially, you know, you've probably got to see a lot of kids catch their first fish and even adults at times, you know. And it's you pretty cool. yeah. I
2: mean there's there's been a lot of personal bests for say, you know, and in my boats and a lot of firsts, you know. Yeah. that's so that's that's another part of doing the job it's just it's good it's fun it's one of those things that make it you know
1: yeah it kind of it something can, that
2: they'll always remember
1: it can refresh the battery sometimes too because kids like they don't care sometimes if it's a 14 inch walleye or a 20 inch walleye i mean they exactly.
2: get excited right. but they do care if that rod isn't dinging oh yeah <laughs> right oh yeah seconds, right? <laughs> <laughs> that's the other that's the other part of it yeah yeah i've learned that you have to uh You know, you get those kids, they always want to reel it up and reel it up and reel it up. And And I just nonchalantly reach over and loosen up the drag. Yeah. And they can sit there and reel it all day long. (laughs) (laughs) I do that with Scott sometimes. Oh, Oh, that's how it works. I figured there was something going on. And his dreams.
0: Now, Brendan, uh, you, you, you mentioned it there, and and it was the uh, it was the way that uh, you, I, and Craig fished, but uh, back trolling, and and yep. until I hopped in the boat with you, that's just something I had never done. And uh, sure. you know, I, I guess for for the people that that maybe have never trolled, because I think it, it's something that not a ton of people do. Uh, t- tell us exactly how you do that, and then why you do that.
2: Sure. So. Yeah. uh, A a lot of people look at you pretty silly, right? You're going backwards. Boats aren't designed to go backwards, but um, it's all about boat control. I mean, you, uh, you know, you have a drift sock, so, you you know, you'll set up trolling, same speed, same everything as you would with your trolling motor, except for I'm using my kicker motor. And uh, yeah, I'll just throw out a drift sock out the front, which is basically like a water anchor per se. And um, it pulls the front of your boat down. So it helps you catch a little less wind and it, really stops you from swinging you know and Mm -hmm. i feel when you're using a trolling motor your your rear end is swinging when you go to turn or anything and it just it's not natural to me it just looks like a catastrophe is going to happen i got all these lines swinging towards (laughs) my lower unit now and i got so when when you flip the boat around and go backwards throw your drift sock out pulls your bow your boat down and it just really s- slows you down too and then you're just looking backwards steering you know with your wheel and getting everything away from the props getting everything there's nothing up front that I need to worry about right so it's pretty handy and when I first you know started guiding and my boss he says hey this is how we do it right blah 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 I was the same way I was like wh- what well then uh, well, what's the point of me having a trolling motor right I mean at first right now for, for me to have a trolling motor is strictly to cast pitch jigs with i don't mm-hmm. <laughs> you know i don't troll with them i'll, I'll four-wheel plug for say you know and pulling lead core crankbaits and super windy drop that trolling motor down and it just helps you keep her in a straight line yep. But definitely back trolling is it's my go-to when i'm baiting for sure absolutely now now brendan uh
0: you, you, you've got some tournament experience, but, uh, um, obviously this year, uh, you, you signed up for the NWT, uh, on, on the pro side and, and, you know, that I guess, I don't know for sure, but I got to think that that's the biggest tournament that you've ever entered, but last, Uh, but last year you did the, the co-angler side of the NWT. Uh, tell us a little bit about that, that, that was right there out of Chamberlain.
2: Yeah, so last year I did the co-angler. Um, I didn't really know what to expect. I mean, obviously, just like any other tournament, but, uh, I mean, this is this is the best of the best, right? Those are the big boys in the walleye world. and So I just kind of wanted to get my feet in there and get them wet and just kind of see, you know. The, the co-angler side of it is, for one, obviously the cost, right? It's half the price, and it's kind of intriguing to a guy when – you know, you don't know, but you know, you know, and for me, you know, like my friends are like, dude, you're silly. You you live out there, you work on that water every day, you know, this and that. You're right. But I didn't know what to expect or anything. And it was a big learning thing. I mean, you know, the first day who would have thought, but I got paired up with John Hoyer. Right. So he's like the, he's the legend. So that was like kind of a starstruck thing for me. Right. Like I can't believe I'm in John Hoyer's boat fishing with John Hoyer all day and You know, and learning about how he has his graph set up and why, and the rigs he has set up and why they're set up that way, and, you know, just different techniques and things maybe that I wouldn't think about doing on the river, right? Yeah. So it was, I mean, it was cool. We were casting on some flats, and, you know, me personally, I wouldn't have been casting on a flat. I would have been pulling crankbaits on the flats. So it was just something different to see, you know, maybe – yeah, we caught a lot of fish, right? But it just just a different way to do things and I ended up getting myself a free Sims Pro Dry Rain suit for catching a three pound fish. So <laughs> I think
0: I I think that's a story that needs to be told.
2: <laughs> yeah, so we were uh we were up there pitching jigs and just chit chatting away and I told him I said, Look, John, I said, I'm I'm usually good for a big one. And uh he said, How big? And I said, Well, usually six pounds, right? And, He he says, Brandon, if you catch a six-pound walleye, I'll give you my Sims Pro Dry Rain Suit. I was like, boom, deal, it's on. (laughs) Well, the day went on, we didn't catch nothing, and so then a few hours later, he says, five pounds, you can have the rain suit. And as the day went on, the weight got smaller, and uh, he says, two and a half pounds, we have 25 minutes left. Cool. Not but, and I promise you, not but four or five minutes later, and I'm reeling, and I said, All right. He looks over at me and he says, What you got? And I said, That's a Sims Pro Dry rain suit. <laughs> <them up." laughs> and it was, it was uh, two just over two and a half pound walleye. And so, yeah. And it, he told me, You know, I got to use it for the rest of the year. And he mailed it to me not but a couple months ago. And so I put it to work last Friday in the rain. Oh, well, that's pretty, pretty nice hell,
1: what was it what was it like like was it a surreal feeling asking John Hoyer to get the net to net your fish? <laughs> yeah, that was, hey, that was John, super cool. Get the was, net.
2: Yeah, that was cool. And then it got to a point where I shouldn't say got to a point, but you know, so the pro co you guys fish pro co tournaments, it's when you're coming in as a co angler, you're kind of I don't wanna say you're back You're not backboated, you're a team, but you don't really have you're not gonna tell me what you're gonna do. Right. right. I'm gonna tell you what you're gonna do. And I'm going to, if you can't do it, I'm going to help you do it. Or I'm going to, you know, show you the best way to do it. Well, we were up there casting and he wanted me to, you know, cast it 45 degrees up, let it drift down. Well, I've lived on the river and I cast up there. So I just kind of slowly switched over to the way that I did it. And I started catching fish and then he watched me and say something. I'm like, well, they're not over there. You know, they're, they're over here. So I'm dragging it 45 degrees coming up current rather than bringing it down we both switched it up and that's just kind of how it worked there so you know i got to kind of tell him something and he got to kind of tell me something and so that was cool you know he's he's the man well <laughs> and
1: and and that just proves that like he is a professional like that that he's willing to take what you're doing and trust in you yep. to help him succeed you know where a lot of guys would be like nope nope that's
2: this, this right. is how
1: i do it and then you know it's my way or the highway but i mean yeah. you know yeah. it's
2: not like in some you know i know some bass tournaments when you do pro co's the pros has their own weight and the co has their own weight right right well this in this world it's total boat weight so you know if your co's switched doing something up and he's catching nice fish well you'd think that they would want to switch up the way they were doing it and do it the same way so it's cool when it works out that way that and and they're super nice people i mean i i've talked to a lot of them you know and obviously i've only fished with hoyer but it was a quite the experience yeah because day two got canceled last year, didn't it
0: um no. oh no no, no, no it no. didn't no it didn't chase Parsons oh. won it though correct right yep, 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 Chase Parsons won it. pitch and jigs, okay, and
1: how did you finish as co angler in that
2: tournament? um, I think what did i get i think i got ninth i was gonna
1: say you were top 10 weren't you yeah
2: i think i got eighth or ninth yeah yeah that's awesome is that good enough for is that good enough for one of the trophies steve alverson the second day he's a south dakota local guy running uh crankbaits with no rear hooks so i just i thought i was in for it and it Hmm. was uh yeah never seen anything like that in my life, but. caught a six and a half pound walleye and that's you know out here that's what it takes and Yep, yep. you gotta get that
0: over Yep. what uh what's a, what's the point of that
2: <laughs> i don't know you know i uh i talked to him about it and he said it just helps his crankbait run a little bit more true but he believes um if he takes off the the rear treble and he replaces the front one with a red hook um he says put the hook where you want the fish to bite so he so he takes off the back hook and tries to eliminate it well we had a lot of hit swing and misses that day and it's it's kind of different to me i want as many hooks on there as i can have you know right and as sharp as i can get them if you even smell it i want it to just poke
0: (laughs) (laughs) now did you know when you got off the water day two last year did you know like oh yeah like if this ever comes back around i'm i'm in Oh,
2: 100%. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. You, within, you, within three hours of the first day, Yep. I knew that I wanted to do it on the pro side.
0: So then when they announced the schedule, you were like, yep. Like, yep. told the wife, Ooh. like, hey, letting you know right <laughs> now, don't plan on me for these two days. That's that's
2: pretty, I told them, don't plan on seeing me for a week.
1: I was going to say yeah. for that whole week. Yeah.
2: I mean, I fished it hard, you know, and it, I had all the right <laughs> fish. That's a whole nother story in itself. That's <laughs> The pro side is completely different than the co side. Yeah. You know, the pro side, you're in charge, right?
1: Yeah. How was it? Like, how did that transition? I mean, you're used to it. I mean, running the boat every day and, you know, yeah. guiding clients. Now, obviously, it's a different setting with the tournament. But, uh, you know, now yeah, it's, it's like you it's have more on the
2: switch. line. You know, going from a, a guide mindset to a tournament fisherman mindset, they're completely different, Yeah, you know, in in the guide world, you're, you want as many bites as possible. You want to weed through fish and you want to do that in the tournament world as well. But my mind goes, um, you know, you got to have a lot more patience. You got to hold little bias. You got to uh, just focus on five bites rather than let's just for say 60 bites, yep. right? I'm not targeting the same fish tournament wise as I am guide wise. Yeah. I'm not going to. So it's just, you, you definitely got to flip your brain around and just get to it and stick to it. And plan is, use the plans. You know, you pre-fished them. If you're seeing fish here, seeing fish there, go there and try it again. And one, two, three, four plans isn't going to work. You got to have a dozen sometimes. So
0: Now your day one kind of set up a lot similar to to the weather that you had in practice. But your day two was was basically a thunderstorm and wind and rain all day correct
2: oh yeah that was that was brutal that was some shit now it was i would say easily 50 mile an hour wind there for about 30 or so minutes yeah
0: now i, I got me and matt were talking about it and i was like dude brendan will tell the truth brendan will tell us like should should they have postponed day two should they have done something different
2: you know, um, I was thinking that in the morning, so I launched my boat across the river at American Creek. It just wasn't as busy, and I just kind of like to have a little bit by myself and, you know, talk to myself, say a little prayer, and just kind of carry on. And But um, I was coming out, and I was I spotlocked underneath the bridge there and just was looking at the storm and the lightning all above Cedar Shore over there, and I was like, man, this is crazy. So I hauled ass across the river, got over there, got off my boat as fast as I could, and uh, just kind of started talking to people. And I was like, you know, what's, what are they thinking? And basically, they, it's if there was no lightning or anything directly above us or within 10 miles away from us for 20 minutes, then we were going to proceed on at 7 o'clock. And the last lightning strike was at just a little after 6.30. <coughs> and then it kind of moved up north, and everything was good. I mean, there was maybe maybe one or two lightning strikes when we were on the water. But otherwise, even when the rain came and the wind came, it was just wind and rain. There was no lightning or thunder. So it's, no, I don't think they, I think they made the right call. I mean, did they? Okay. Yeah. I think it was fine. It was kind of, you know, you have to use your own, you know, thought and everything too. If you don't think it's safe, you know, and I know there was a handful of guys that went out there, caught their fish and got off.
0: Yep. Mm-hmm. You know,
2: there's just some guys that don't have the confidence in that stuff. And I'll be honest with you, you know, when you're trying to turn and you take a couple waves over the side of your boat, it's it'll wake you up a little bit, you know. I think my <laughs> the bow of my boat dipped underneath a wave twice. Wow. And I was just trying to get closer to shore, right? I didn't want to reel my lines up. My co angler had his head down on his knees. And <laughs> me being me, I looked over at him and I, his name was Jimmy Cox. And I told him, I says, Jimmy how the hell are you supposed to see the end of your fishing rod with your face in your lap? He kind of laugh and he says, "I can't see, anyways. You watch them for me." <laughs> <laughs> That's good so, stuff. We kind of uh, pulled off, you know, and just tried to hide from it the best that we could. And, but yeah, it was uh, it was brutal, man. Now there was definitely a... definitely stirred that up.
0: Yeah. Now there was a there was an accident out there, right?
2: Yeah, down south, down there by Plath. there was a. Uh,
0: Oh, it was way a down fisherman. there,
2: huh? Yeah, it was a fisherman, a uh, pro fisherman in one of the camera boats. Um, from the story that I read and kind of heard, it was, they both were on plane, kind of going different directions, and the camera boat T-boned them.
0: Wow. Couldn't
2: see a thing. It was just, you know, foggy in the rain and the wind. It was, down there, I guess it was twice as bad. I mean, from what I heard, there was five, six footers down there that were just sloshing around everywhere. Well, I seen holy a couple
0: pictures, and it was like, holy, like, it yeah. looked like and people that were a fishing nice out. was nice and... too.
2: Those Caymans are nice boats. Yeah. Man. Yeah,
0: I yeah. I don't know. A ride back in the ambulance might have been the nicer ride compared yeah. to yeah. Working, yeah. trying yeah, to go sure. from Platte back up to
2: Chamberlain <laughs> and that crap. You're not kidding. That's another reason I didn't make that run. Yeah, you know, I, I pre-fished that. down there a couple of days, but uh, I was just looking at the weather. You know, it started out, you know, a week out, it was going to be 30, 40-mile-an-hour winds that day all day. And I told myself, I'm not even going to waste time down there because there's not a chance in hell I'm going to run down there. Yeah. So I just put in work in town and had all the right slot fish, you know. Just couldn't get those overs to go. I had one on the first day, and she showed herself about 70 foot behind the boat and opened her mouth about the size of a grapefruit and winked at us and swam away. Oh, darn. That sucks. So that's just how it goes. Yeah. Out here, that's what it is, you know. It's a... You Get the right slot fish, and you gotta get get that one over a day. That's the key.
0: Now, it's is after doing it on the pro side. You know, there in Chamberlain is the NWT something that you would pursue in the future, maybe fishing the whole entire season, or is it something that you feel like? Ah, if it gets a depth back here to the Missouri River, I'll hop in one jackpot it and and. No, do definitely,
2: I'm I'm uh planning on doing the whole. The whole thing next year. Really, awesome. Uh, That's Midwest Angler cool. Podcast first known. Yeah, dropping, <laughs> <Yeah>. dropping. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I uh,
0: world yeah. premiere, mere, mere. on going
2: to Wisconsin here and per- and fishing uh, Prairie Chin. That'll be fun. I, Are you doing it? Uh, yeah. yeah, The yeah. rivers attract me. I, you know, I like fishing the rivers and you know what those walleye eat out there and the way you got to fish them kind of intrigues me. So. I'm gonna go out there and give her a shot. Hell
0: yeah! Heck yeah! Yeah! Hell yeah! Now, Brendan, I just realized that we let you off the hook without giving you any random questions at the beginning of the show, so I I feel it's <laughs> only right that uh uh you that that we quick throw you a couple uh we we gotta ask because I'm sure the people are wondering uh what what flavor of wings are you going with?
2: Oh, spicy garlic, man. Spicy, spicy garlic. garlic. All right. Traditional spicy or boneless? Or mango habanero. But so If we're talking Buffalo Wild
0: you I mean, if you, if you can talk 212, you can talk whatever you want.
2: Ooh. Shout out to my buddy Kyle out at 212 and Brandon, if you guys are over there. Yukon uh, Gold, those are definitely Yukon
0: Gold. I, I like the sound of Yukon Gold. Oh, yeah, they're golden for sure.
1: As long as they don't have a hint of spice. I mean, when you mentioned habanero there, Scott started to sweat.
0: Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to have to change my <laughs> shirt.
2: Spice is life.
0: Now you uh you going traditional or boneless?
2: Traditional, hands All down. The way.
0: Ranch, yeah. blue cheese, of course. Really? Ranch, carrot, celery. Okay. I'm not
2: old enough for blue cheese yet. <laughs> <laughs> That's
0: right. It does, it does kind of seem like it's like
2: you you hit know, a certain I age, right? age. I think yeah. it's I a year you younger than Oiler. It's kind of like, yeah, I'll have blue cheese with my salad, please. You know? <laughs> I'm not, I'm not there yet. <laughs> it's the rite
1: of passage when you turn 50. <laughs> On your 50th birthday, what do you want? Blue cheese. Right.
2: <laughs> All your taste buds are dead. That's the first step towards the senior discount. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> oh, that's my,
1: oh, let's see here. My random question. I think we're
0: going to hit them with a few random questions. Few ones.
1: Um, let's see here. Twinkies or Ho-Hos? Oh,
2: man. I like Twinkies. I like ho hos. I'd probably say an unrolled ho ho. Got to unroll it before you eat it. You really? Go.
0: Yeah. Okay. If I hopped in your pickup right now, Brendan, uh, what are you listening to? Man, you could you could have a little bit of anything, really. I've uh, I've I've right rode now, with you here. before. I think we were freaking gangster rapping it, and I think we had country on, and I, we we had a
2: little bit I of everything. look at my phone right now, and I'll tell you what I was just listening to this could get um, dangerous guys this, <laughs> this
0: is where this show goes from pg to
2: rated r <laughs> you'd be listening to the weekend a song called acquainted okay go okay well r&b there for you all right
1: it's kind of just yeah. mellow out here on but, the drive the, home. but the
2: next song the next song could be icp it could be brooks and Dunn. you never know yeah, yeah.
1: that's why you got to keep them guessing that's, that's right. right that wide variety
2: you got it. Go from Snoop Dogg to Luke Bryant. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Your own Super Bowl halftime show.
2: I told my guy, too, when I was fishing the second day, I asked my co-angler, I said, you got a music choice? He said, nope. I said, all right. We were cruising down the river and just flipping through my songs, and I just pushed shuffle, and it was... Um, oh, I don't even remember what it was called. It was It, it was like a... It was a rap song, but it was uh, from Russ, Handsomer. And uh, I turned it all the way up, and I'm jamming, shaking my head, and I look over at him, and he's just sitting over there with a big old smile on his face. And he's, <laughs> I didn't, wasn't expecting that, but that works. <laughs> <laughs> it was kind of funny.
0: Now, now, we got those random questions out of the way. Brendan, you've told some stories when we've been out there at, at Hooked on Hardwater. Uh, some some pretty wild stuff that's happened in your boat while you've been guiding. You got you got you got like two or three uh, stories that, that you could pop off. Yeah, yeah,
2: I got uh, I got all kinds of stories. Um, uh, we're in for them. I got a couple memorable ones. I mean, uh, my wife's obviously going to listen to this, so I'm going to leave a couple of them out. I, I was <laughs> I was wondering if that one was coming up. I, was um, I had a guy on the boat uh what was it a couple of years ago it wasn't last year's was year before and it was just kind of a sporadic trip for them they were coming back somewhere from some bro trip just this guy and his buddy and they're like hey hell let's see if we can get a fishing guide here in chamberlain And they called and booked me and we went fishing and uh they showed up and the guys wearing you know six seven hundred dollar snake skin pointed fancy boots and <laughs> all these, you know, whatever fancy jeans and just look, you know, way too sharp dressed to get on the boat. So me being me, you know, I was just making sure they were going fishing and not on a date. Right. So I just asked them, I said, you guys are sure you're going fishing. We're not waiting for any women. Correct. And they're like, no, that's just us. And I said, okay, well I'm straight. So you don't have to try and impress me. (laughs) Right. They they got a little chuckle. That's how we started. And, uh, we are up there fishing on a flat somewhere and I says to the guy, I says, I just gotta ask you, man, that watch is pretty nice. <clears throat> he had a little Rolex on. And uh his buddy says, Yeah, he's got more money than brains and you know, whatever, whatever. And uh we're cruising along, you know, it wasn't calm but it wasn't windy, you know, ten mile an or whatever. And uh we're just cruising along and the guy has his hand up on the side of the windshield, and I just look over and I notice on his left wrist that his watch wasn't there. And I looked over at his right wrist and noticed that his watch wasn't there. And I was like, oh, huh, maybe he took it off. Whatever." We get up to the fishing spot and I said, "Hey, man, where's your watch?" He's like, "What do you mean?" And he pulls his, you know, pulls his hand out like, out of his sleeve, and he's like, "Oh, shit!" And he's looking around. and He goes, oh, I must have put my broken one on. The clasp was kind of broken. It'd fall off sometimes. Must have fell off." And that was it. <laughs> so I asked the guy, I says, "How much was that Rolex worth?" He's like, "Ah, oh, just over ten grand, probably." jeez and that was it he left it at that <laughs> i would have been like no dude you're gonna turn this boat around right and we're gonna drop a fucking magnet down here <laughs> I, need, I need to get that watch
0: right yeah <laughs> you you but searched no, that was, boat uh, high and low after they got out didn't you yeah
2: i did i did <laughs> i would have and then he ended up leaving his boots and his coat and all kinds of stuff in my truck and called me the next day and he said "Hey, man here's my FedEx number. Just throw that stuff in a box and mail it to me. Like, Geez, man. Okay, I'm gonna go look for your watch too, but I'm not gonna call you. Yeah. Nope. <laughs> That's my watch. But Whoa, that was, uh, you
1: went straight Debo on him. What watch? That's yeah. my watch now. My watch now. My watch.
2: Yeah, but no, I mean, um, you know, memorable catches for sure. You know, there's a lot of those. Um, I had a guy from i should say i had a group from kansas come up and that was one of my best days guiding uh we clocked we i have a little clicker and we clicked over 100 fish and i think about 12 14 of them were over 23 inches nice and uh the guy caught the biggest walleye that he's ever caught was just under 29 It was like 28 and seven eighths and uh you know we took pictures with all this and i'm Trying to tell the guy, okay, let's dump that thing back, blah blah. And he's like, "What?" I said, "What do you mean, what?" He said, "We, I ain't throwing this back." I said, "Oh, you want to mount it or you want to keep it?" You know, and I'm not one to really, you know, you get a lot of guys that dump the big ones back, this and that. Yes and no, sure. You know, that's a that's a different, that's a whole another conversation there. But um, if it's legal catch, you know, and I just I tried my best. So I told the guys, like, look, okay, we'll put it in the live well. And we'll just look at her every once in a while. And and the guy looked me straight in the face. He says, Brennan, look, I drove 800 miles up here to catch this fish. I'm not going to throw this fish back. I'm not going to mount this fish. I'm going to eat this fish. If this fish goes in the water, I'm going in the water with it. (laughs) Oh, okay. Right. So it was, it was for sure the biggest walleye that I've ever cleaned. And uh, I had a lot of people pretty mad at me at the fish cleaning station for cleaning somebody's fish. Right. So it's just kind of how it goes. You got to just, it goes back and forth. Right. I have a lot of friends who, who bass fish too, you know, like you guys do. And I've had people private message me <clears throat> mad at me because I have bass on a stringer. Right. So in the guide world, you learn pretty fast that there's two types of fishermen, you know, there's sport fishermen and then there's meat fishermen. Yeah. There's, there's people that don't care how big, what kind, whatever they're going to keep it and they're going to eat it that's why they that's why they fish they don't fish to look at it say ah cool and let it go so it's just things you kind of gotta think about well and at the end of the day it's legal yeah Yeah. Yeah, i mean it's all legal so you know and you know i'm not gonna lie to you there's been times where i might be fishing and we catch three or four fish that are you know nice fat chunky fish if they're there they're still there so i don't i like to preserve the fishery as well right so i might slide off of it just a little bit and you know get the as i call the better eating fish Mm -hmm. you know the the 15 to 17 inches and not the 19 to 23 inches
0: right Right. yeah
2: so that's just comes with the territory that's right but yeah fish fish numbers catches all kinds of stuff there's all kinds of stories Naked women, all that good stuff. <laughs> that's, that's 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 the one I I when when you said you weren't going to tell it because right, the wife I, was. <laughs> so so I had a group, Vinny and Vi. They are from Vegas. I called them Triple V's, and uh, Vi was fake from head to toe. You you could just tell. No offense, Vi, if you ever hear this. Um, but uh, she worked in the. Uh, she was a go-go dancer and, you know, a, a, a dancer. And uh, Vinny was a bouncer and a bodyguard and security guy, and just a super muscle man. And we're fishing one day, super beautiful out. And Vinny's sitting next to me, and Vi's sitting up front. And uh, as the day goes on, we gets hotter and hotter, obviously. And look up in the front, and Vi's got her swimming suit top on that's literally about the size of a 50 cent piece, if you will. <laughs> And, uh, it's kind of like, wow. Right. And then the day goes on. And then before, you know, it, you look up there cause I back troll. Right. So I'm always looking backwards. I'm not, I'm not looking forward all the time. And, uh, look up there and then you see no swimming suit top. And I was like, holy shit. And then you look up and out in the water and there's six, seven, eight, nine boats <laughs> right behind me. Right. And Tail-piping so, uh, you. <laughs> Vinny, he kind of chuckles. Right. And he kind of, taps me on the leg and points up there at her that's kind of how he got my attention and he points at her with her top off and he says does that bother you and me being me i said <laughs> no i'm gayer than shit that don't bother me at all and the look on his face because he's sitting there with his 14 pack bulging out with his you know dumbbell barbell pecs and uh we just laughed for a super long time i told him i was just joking and i says and Obviously, the fishermen in the front of us don't mind it either. So. Yeah, yeah it was, that was that was the first time that's ever happened to me. So it was the last time that's ever happened.
1: Should have told those fishermen that uh, <laughs> guide fee here. Yeah. yeah, yeah, you guys need to back up a little bit.
2: <laughs> yeah, no, no, so no that's, that's good stuff. That's awesome. Yeah, and like you said, you
1: you never know like what what the next trip is going to be like, and that's probably oh, no. you know what kind of keeps oh. it going.
2: All different kinds of people, you betcha.
0: Have you ever had a day where you just couldn't wait to get out of the boat? Just, I Absolutely. Mean, I mean, you, you got There's, those guys that are just complete jackasses?
2: Yeah, and you get the guys that try and guide the guide. Yeah, yeah. I,
1: I've heard those are always the worst. The ones that yeah. show up like, oh, we should be doing it. Why are we doing it this way? This is how we always catch them. And
2: or when you are when you have people that say, you know, they'll be talking earlier on, oh, we hired a guide because it seems like every time we go fishing, we don't always catch that much. And then later on in the day, they're like, you know when we go fishing this is how we do it and i'm like well you just told me two hours ago that when you go fishing you don't catch anything that's why you hired me so we're going to do it this way because we're catching them right that's right so it's just kind of how it goes you get some rods that are hotter than the other then you get some rods in the boat that are just dead yeah and it seems like when the people get on them dead rods they're kind of like well this sucks right so then they'll switch chairs with somebody else who's on a hot rod and then the back rod will go and so I was just telling you, You're just holding your lip wrong—that's all.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> nope. but yeah, it's fun. It's it's a good time. Something definitely—I mean, if it's—it's it's a big step, right? I I guide full time. It is literally my only income, right? So it's worrisome sometimes, you know, and especially like right now. Prices had to go up on my end because all the prices for gas and everything else is going up. So right, it's just, yeah, it's kind of a tough deal now that. We'll see. We'll see yep. how it
0: works out. Now, Brendan, before we let you go, if, if somebody wanted to get in the boat with you uh, yet this summer, uh, you got some availability yet? And and if so, uh, how, how can they get a hold of you?
2: Yeah, so I got I got a couple days in June, but uh, not very many. I mean, I got about a week here in May available yet, maybe, maybe 10 days, uh, but the rest of my year is pretty booked. Okay. Um, Facebook, right? You can get at me on Facebook, Brendan Lockwood. Um, Dakota Prairie Guide Service is a great way to get a hold of me and go that route. Okay. Um, otherwise, you can you can just call me, 605-215-8606. That is the Lunkerville hotline. And we'll probably give away a couple T-shirts
0: to whoever pulls off the best frank, or prank phone call to that number right there. <laughs> there you go. There you go. <laughs> Hell yeah. I
2: like it. I'll scan them all first. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> nah, Brendan, dude, we, we definitely appreciate you uh coming on. Uh we 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 knew that this was gonna be a fun one. Uh Matt and uh uh there, there there's never a dull moment when you get to talking with you.
2: You got that. No, I got to tell you guys a joke before I I depart with you here.
1: Oh, wait. It wouldn't be episode 169 with Brandon Lockwood (laughs) if we didn't get
2: some type of joke. Oh, well, if it's 169, do you know what the square root of 69 is? Uh, Nope. Eight some. (laughs) Eight eight, eight, (laughs) some. (laughs) (laughs) Anyways, there was a mouse mouse sitting in a bar with his buddies, and this giraffe walked in. He says, wow, boys, that's the most beautiful draft i've ever seen i'm gonna go talk to her so he runs across the bar and she's like no it's not gonna work i'm a draft, you're a mouse kick rocks he's like all right fair enough so next day same thing she comes in and he's like i gotta try again he runs over there and before you know it they're laughing and his buddies look over and he's riding on her back outside the bar he's like wow he did it all right so the next day and the mouse comes back in and his buddies are like holy cow man are you okay he's just all beat up and looks like a Sewer rat, and he's like, Yeah, I feel great, but you know, between the kissing and the fucking, I probably ran 50 miles last night. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh. oh man. Oh, there he is. Brennan there is. ZFG Lockwood. <laughs> oh god dang it.
2: Oh, you guys are fun. I'm pretty oh, sure
0: man. I'm pretty sure we're we're not under explicit on on any of the the SoundCloud or whatever. I I well, I think I think you did pretty good. Pretty good yeah, for for Brennan Lockwood. Yeah, right? I, so I, I think you kept it under 10.
2: You're gonna have to find some sort of chime maybe, <laughs> <laughs> Ding! maybe some, yeah. <laughs> yeah. but no all jokes aside you guys should uh, definitely get in touch with me I'll save you a spot on the boat you guys come out and absolutely we'll yeah, that'd be a blast.
0: absolutely I had a lot of fun last time I, I I hope I can do it I know Matt Graves got a trip booked with you yeah yeah that's coming up here oh no that's in June is it right. okay mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. well June's coming up shit man Looking we're freaking it. yeah it's, it'll be here before you know it that's right
2: so hopefully it's not windy all year
1: yeah, you there's no doubt about that
2: whoever you know that controls that fan switch tell them to keep it off
0: <laughs>
1: we're trying we're yeah. trying
0: <laughs> all right brendan uh we Hell appreciate yeah. you and uh yeah hopefully we get you on again
2: you you boys thank you you bet see ya later
0: and that was our buddy nighthawk brendan lockwood from chamberlain south dakota and uh yeah, well, you know, we, we, we <laughs> right. said earlier in the show uh, there was going to be no shortage of stories. Uh, he, you know, there there's no frills with Brennan, <laughs> and uh, I'd, I'd say he lived up to it there, especially with the joke at the end.
1: That is right. That's good stuff. I don't care who you are. Yep. I don't care who Watch you are. Watch out for those drafts and miles, those mice at the, at the bar. So <laughs> That's right. <laughs> That's right. So, uh, no, if you're looking to get out there to the Missouri River and chase walleyes and want to get a hold of a guide strongly you know recommend. oh i absolutely
0: i absolutely encourage that yeah I've, I've been in the boat like i said you know you do the back trolling but I, i've got a picture on my phone when when those rods go i've never seen a guy like for me and and, and granted uh i'm not used to pulling rods out of rod holders you know when you're trolling and whatnot but all in one motion. He just swipes his hand across it, and he's got it up in the air, and, you know, he's got a fish with that one. I watched him literally grab rods out of two rod holders at the same time, and both of them got fish on, and, you know, he kind of tucks one between his legs, reels that one in, puts it back in between his legs, reels the other one in. I got a picture of him holding up two rods with two walleyes (laughs) dangling from them, and, you know, it just, that's frickin' Nighthawk. That is. Yep, that's a... that's him. He's dialed. You'll you'll absolutely have a freaking ton of fun in the boat with him. Uh, you know, the, this was just a small sample of the stories and the and the BS and that that he's got. Uh, if you do give him a call, tell him that you heard heard about him on the show. And uh, yeah, I get get in the boat and start flipping him crap. And I will guarantee you, you will have your your belly's gonna hurt by the end. I was of it.
1: gonna say your your face is gonna be sore from laughing. Yep. you know from smiling. yep Yep. so
0: all right moving along uh we've got uh we've got some turkey hunting stories uh as as we talked about earlier as we talked about last week uh matt and i did a little turkey hunting this last weekend uh it was kind of ramsey's bachelor party uh ramrod bachelor party uh we went down uh kind of in the Ottawa, iowa area so for those of you familiar with sioux city uh about 45 minutes uh kind of to the southeast uh the los hills is what they call it uh we rented a cabin down there and uh kind of just spent the whole entire weekend uh running around them hills down there chasing turkeys and uh uh there were three thunder chickens that hit the ground um there were five of us so not all of us uh got some ramrod got two and i guess as far as that goes uh when it's when it's your bachelor party if there was somebody that was going to catch two it may as well been him that's right so he yeah it was it was it was
1: good to see him get those birds and especially to get one noise you guys were going down there on friday yep. you know yep just the sheer amount of birds down there is crazy. oh
0: my god my god uh we we took off friday morning me my brother eric and ramrod and uh we decided that we were going to hit basically every single chunk of public ground we could on the way down and uh we did not get very far out of rock rapids and we were already on a sneak on a bird uh didn't well We weren't, we weren't, uh, heck, we weren't 15 miles away from Rock Rapids and we're on a sneak on a bird and, uh, we're getting out and all of us are loading up our shotguns and whatnot. And, uh, all of a sudden Ramrod starts doing the, the pocket patting himself down, Yep, kind of padding all the pockets. And, uh, he goes, Oh man, I forgot my tag back in his buddy's backpack that he went hunting with the weekend before. And I'm like, what? Well, whatever. I mean, at least if you're going to figure it out, at least we figured it out. You know, fifteen, 15 miles minutes, from yeah. town, and all of a sudden, my brother starts doing the pocket pat, and he's like, "Oh, you're never because because Ramsey's notorious." I was going to say, I, and I, mean, I this is like when,
1: probably the fourth time he's done something like you this. When you text that to me, I was like, I said, I I expect that out of
0: Ramsey, but Eric. Yep. Yep. <laughs> I don't know. He, he. So it was both of them. So uh, we we went on a turkey sneak, uh, but only I had a shotgun. Um, didn't, didn't work out. Uh, they Houdini'd us. We got back in the truck, drove back to town, uh, got those two boys as tags. And then we took back off and, uh, we got down there to Sioux city and from Sioux city on down South, uh, man, you can cover a lot, a lot, a lot of public ground. And I kid you not, the, the stars just aligned on, on Friday while we were going down there, we were getting into areas where, you know, you, you can go, you know, half mile to a mile and and it's all public ground on both sides and it's just food plot after food plot after food plot after food plot and I kid you not guys I mean we we could go by eight food plots in a row and and see a bunch of, of turkeys in every single food plot it was it was just insane I've never seen anything like it so you start trying to put these sneaks on it and and you know we're we're not doing you know we're not doing good just plain and simple you know we're kind of trying to sneak through the trees start calling you know getting these birds out of the fields up into the trees where we can maybe try to do something uh you know it didn't work until it did work and uh, we we see these freaking birds cross the road and they're heading into this food plot and so we pulled about you know 30 yards past them and Ramsey grabs his shotgun and he says I'm gonna run up on top of that ridge and and, uh, you know, I'm going to see which way they're going. You know, I think that they're going to be coming right up on top of that ridge. And he gets out, and he sprints to the top of the sprints to the the top of the hill, and whatever, me and Eric take off, and Eric goes, yeah, that's never going to work. And I said, well, you want to know what? If it's going to work for anyone, <laughs> it's going to work for that moron, because Ramrod always just finds a way to land with his butt in the butter. And uh, so we went up about a half mile, and we turned around, and we're still on the public, and we're coming back. And pile of jakes come flying you know across the road or whatever in front of us so Eric hops out, grabs his shotgun, and he starts up the hill after those or whatever. And and uh, he was able to, to call them back a little bit, but but they just wouldn't come into shooting range whatever. And uh, I, I head back down there to where we had dropped off Ramrod slowly, and all of a sudden here he comes running out onto the road freaking holding a shotgun and holding a dead turkey. And I'm like, <laughs> you have got to be kidding me. So we took some pictures and, uh, you know, tagged up the bird and, whatever and so we go back and pick up eric and and he he gets out or whatever and ramsey you know we're giving him thumbs up and whatnot and he's like you did not (laughs) yeah well check the check the check the bed of the truck and yeah sure enough there there was a turkey and uh so it, it felt good to get one off the board right off the bat and uh uh, we got down there and obviously once you get down there, we're doing a lot more, you know, sitting in blinds over decoys, you know, trying to call them. Uh, we, we did have some Turkey reaper fans, but, uh, Saturday it rained like two freaking inches. And, uh, yeah. uh, that's not, uh, exactly the weather that you want to go reaping turkeys in unless you're a pig and feel like rolling around in the mud. But <laughs> Yeah. It was, uh, made it tough. Yep. But, uh, Saturday morning, Eric and Ramrod, they were able to get two more birds, uh, um, you know when uh, Ramrod got one with his bow, and Eric got one with a shotgun, um, and for the rest of us, uh, you know the birds were just weird, and I don't know if that has something to do with uh, the weather. You know if they if they weren't really kicked in yet, if it has to do with pressure, if it has to do with the amount of birds, but. I mean, me and Matt sat in, a, sat in a blind together. We had six Jakes come from across the field, and I, you know, we're thinking for sure, like, hey, dude, I'll take the one on the right. You take the yeah. one on the left. They're coming into the decoys. I mean, they're freaking Jakes. And we had gone into it, you know, for those of you that are like, oh, you can't shoot Jakes. Hell, yeah, we can. Yeah. We went into it, and if it had as much of a chin hair, we were going to dust it. Was it. Gonna <laughs> get, yep. it
1: was going to get yep. some yep. lead put in it. Yep. So.
0: Matt said, do you want to know who looks like a jackass? The person sitting behind a Jake. You want to know who really looks like a jackass? The person not sitting sitting behind any turkey. <laughs> That's and right. I I didn't. My my standards weren't high. I was freaking. I was ready to pull the trigger on about anything. So, but uh. God dang it. You know that J- Jason Cow down in South Carolina. He had sent us up some turkey calls, and we were working them. And God dang it, I wanted so bad to take a freaking picture of me with a dead turkey next to that call. Yeah, Jason. I apologize, didn't work. But uh, whatever. But the, call, but the call sounded damn good. You damn right they did. I mean, I don't know. They they sound good to me. I'm sure if uh, if we'd get Michael Waddell on there, he'd probably really make them sound good. But uh, whatever the case, it is what it is. Uh, just wasn't meant to be. We had a hell of a lot of fun. Matt brought down some frickin' chili, and holy moly! I don't know, I don't know. Uh, if that's a secret family recipe, kind of like some tartar sauce or what, but that was damn good yeah and i had to that was the unleaded version
1: i didn't even put any spice in that for you yeah well thank god you put a filter on it been, I, ain't, I ain't running non-filters <laughs> well i knew i i had to sit in the blind with you all weekend so yeah. i wasn't
0: gonna yeah. <laughs> yeah, have fun with that freaking cleveland steamer <laughs> yeah
1: But no, all in all, it was a fun trip. It was was cool to see that different ground and just incredible, the amount of public land down there. I mean, even driving home on Sunday, we went by a bunch of public areas, and we only saw like two trucks in parking lots. Yeah,
0: but the crazy part is, every single field that we went by on the way back was the same way. I mean, we we ran the reverse order of how we went down there. Yeah. We didn't see a damn turkey on the way back. We never saw a field that didn't have a turkey on the way down, so... I don't know. I think as the weekend went on the uh you know the conditions were less favorable, you know, wind, rain, whatever, but yeah. Is what it is. Is what it is. Uh Do you got a good news story, Matt? I
1: do. My good news story is the Okaboji Open was this past That's Sunday, right? And my buddy Joe May and his brother John May won the sucker
0: with 27 pounds. And it don't matter if you're in Texas, Florida. It 27 doesn't. pounds is a freaking sack. Like it is. You uh, you could be on Lake Fork, and if you weigh 27 pounds, you're are you're like, in it. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. yeah you damn right you are.
1: Yeah. So I mean, a big shout out to those guys. They've been, you know, for the last few years, they've been on the fish. They haven't been able to get the big ones, but they knew they were there. And this year, it all aligned, and yeah, they won by like four pounds or something. I like think that.
0: twenty-two pounds was the was second place. Was so it? I mean, so, it was near possibly five
1: pounds. Yeah, so. I think that it took over twenty pounds to even get in the top ten. So yep. I mean, it really showed out, and they, you know, their conditions were crappy too—forty mile an hour winds, 30, 40 mile an hour winds, and kind of cold and rainy. So you know, a big shout out to those guys for. I, for winning that thing i fished to that a couple times with joe so yeah
0: that's a past tournament partner of yours yep,
1: so i it's really cool to see those guys do that
0: heck yeah heck yeah john is from our town see, uh, yeah well, he works uh, for the city here so. joe uh from laverne
1: laverne yep
0: yep so local dudes uh also um my good news story uh my good news story this week's gonna go out to my uh I don't know how old he is. He was born August four. I don't know how old that makes him, but, uh, um, I don't know. I think he's 20, 21, 20, we're going to call him 20 month, uh, year old, uh, son slate. Uh, he actually kind of started walking last week. That's awesome. uh, you know, obviously, uh, for those of you guys that have been listening to, uh, to the show for a long time, uh, slate was, uh, quite premature, quite premature, uh, like 10 and a half weeks. And just everything's been happening a little bit slower with him. And, uh, he goes to physical therapy and, and, uh, whatever. Uh, the girls at Kids Club, his daycare have been working hard with him. And, uh, you know, we, we knew he was going to come around. Uh, you know, the, the physical therapist said, you know, at first they were a little bit worried, like, eh, maybe there's something more going on. But, uh, um, you know, the last little while he kind of started walking, uh, you know, when, when we would help him out and, uh, um so it was a it was a big deal. I, I'm not gonna lie to you, my wife sent me a video and I don't know, I got yeah, I, I'm I'm getting to be a more of a crier every day and, and I, <laughs> I I didn't full out cry. I didn't full out cry, but uh a big weight was kinda lifted off of our shoulders and uh, uh, yeah, I don't know, he I, you know what's going to happen? Two months from now, I'm going to be like, God dang it, I wish he <laughs> could. <laughs> yeah. He's in everything. <laughs> yeah, he's already in everything. You freaking put right. a set of wheels underneath him, and we are screwed. Yep. But, uh, uh, no, that's, um, I don't know, it was a big deal to us. and uh, It definitely is. Um, you know, the good news story doesn't always have to be about fishing. It can be about anything. And uh, this last week, that's my good news story. So,
1: And it just goes to prove, too, you know, like, like I told you the other day that my mom came, she comes into the school because she works at kids club and yep. that's one of the, that's the first thing she said to me that day was like, Hey, you know, pretty cool. Slate took a couple steps today on his yep. own and everything like that. So, I mean, it, it was, it was it's yep. really awesome.
0: Yep all right uh that uh I think that will be episode 169 uh for those of you that uh, listen on iTunes uh <clears throat> if you can give us a review uh, if if whatever podcast platform you listen to if you can hit the subscribe button hit the like button hit the whatever the heck uh all the good buttons just just start smacking them um we we definitely appreciate it and it helps us out a lot um, we apologize for coming a day late uh like i said earlier that is my fault i did not bring the computer but uh um the fact that you got to listen to uh brendan for 45 minutes i feel like we did more than make up that's for right. it that's justice we, for that yep so uh all right guys uh that will be 169 we will see you next week on 170 later